I want to preach a message entitled, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, without the Lord leading you, you're not going to be happy, and you're not going to be holy, and you're just going to be miserable in this coming year. I don't believe there's any way that anybody can be happy without holiness, and that means holy, giving yourself to the Lord. My wife got me this big watch for Christmas. Praise God. I mean, I can even see it. I love it. It's one of my favorite gifts, probably the favorite gifts, because I've been having trouble looking at my watch. I mean, telling time. And so uh, I got this little clock here. I got this watch here. And then Brother uh, Cody has a docity to put it up on the wall back there. Amen. I mean, it's on the wall. Praise God. And I tell them, keep it on the wall because y'all need all the help you can get when I start getting wound up. But uh, I'm not in a hurry. I hope you're not. But I want to try to lay it on the line and do it quick. I told Brother uh, uh, Andrew, I said, now you got 10 minutes. And he took exactly 10 minutes. Amen. Maybe, maybe less. I don't know. But that was good. And I appreciate Brother Andrew's seriousness about preaching. But Psalms 23 is one of the favorite chapters. So I thought before I ended this series and started Ecclesiastes uh, on Wednesday night that I would at least cover Psalms 23. If not, Franklin Holmes would come back and haunt me down at 1100 Sunset Drive. Franklin Holmes was a great man of God out of our church. He started the Union Gospel Mission and put, took in homeless people. And his wife, I believe, uh, is still alive at the nurse home. She's got Alzheimer's and dementia, and she doesn't know uh, where she's at but she knows where she's going, amen, and a godly, godly couple, and he went to seed on the Lord's is my shepherd. He gave me books of stuff he just compiled. I didn't even want to delve into that because you'd be here all night. We would have watch night on Wednesday night, I guarantee if I got into his books that he composed, and so uh, I thank God for the friendship we had, and uh, he's in heaven rejoicing with his shepherd. So let's stay in all the word of God, Psalms 23. Uh, I will be brief tonight, appreciate you being here, this is a lot bigger crowd than I thought, I kept hearing uh, people saying I'm out of town, I'm out of town, I'm sick, and I thought oh my word, we're not going to have hardly anybody at church, and uh, y'all surprised me, this is great. The Bible says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, y'all read the second verse with me, he maketh me to lie down, He restoreth my soul, he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Amen. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good service, good message, good song. Lord, I can't think of a better Christmas song than you came to us. And Lord, we thank you that when you, we couldn't come to you, you came to us. And Lord, that you are the mediator, the only mediator between us and God, the Lord Jesus Christ, as Brother Andrew illustrated. And I just thank you, dear God, that this church believes the gospel message and Lord believes that you are the shepherd. And so, Lord, help us, dear God, to study this chapter, this key chapter in the Word of God. And, Lord, may we uh, uh, draw from, from, uh, from it as needy sheep that need a shepherd. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you teach us. And, 
how you challenge us and move us to be more like thee. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. It didn't say a shepherd or the shepherd. It said my shepherd. And I want you to know that this psalm is so precious, and I probably preach it or at least read it at every funeral uh, message that I, that I preach because it's so comforting and it's such a great description of what death is really about. It's a passageway, not a, not a, uh, uh, a place to dwell in. But you know, I started thinking about the people uh, referred to, God's people, as sheep. You know, it didn't say my people are like bears, they're strong. It didn't say my people are like lions, they're courageous and, and fearless and brave. He didn't say my people are foxes because they're shrewd and wise. Uh, he could even said my people are like doves because they are so peaceful and meek. But he said my people are sheep. Now folks, I said this at a funeral and a prat preacher got up after I preached and just rebuked the hound out of me, rebuked the sheep out of me no, because I said this, but you know, sheep are dumb animals. I didn't say Christians were dumb animals. He took that out of context and tried to lamb blast me uh, on my funeral message. And if I didn't have anything to do at a funeral, then try to make the first preacher look bad, I, I just wouldn't preach. But, um, you know, the, the Lord knew our nature. Sheep are very weak. Uh, sheep are very timid. Sheep are very fearful. Sheep are very dependent upon the shepherd. Say amen. And folks, that's why God called us what we are. We are sheep of his pasture. And we ought to be dependent upon him. And I want to tell you something, you're going to have a happy new year. You need to realize that the encouragement from the shepherd is, first of all, that we have a relationship, a relationship to the sheep. My shepherd, in verse 1, it says, it says um, in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He's talking to the shepherd. He is a great shepherd, David is, but he's saying thou art, and, and, thy, and, and, and he's my shepherd. And folks, in John chapter 10, it talks about the relationship with, with the shepherd. I want you to look at that verse, and I wish I had time to go through this chapter, but I don't. And maybe I will some other Wednesday night um, when we break this series out of Ecclesiastes. But the Bible says in John chapter 10, and it's such a great chapter, and I could read verses 1 through 15. It talks about the, uh, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the, uh, of the sheep. And folks, there's only one way to get in the sheepfold, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that was made clear. And then it says in verse 7, Then said Jesus unto them, Again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Then he said, I am the door, and by me if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, verse 10, and to kill and destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Why? Because the next verse says this, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling, and not the shepherd, whose, whose own his sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf uh, catches them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, 
because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I and know, and, and know my sheep and I am known of mine. In other words, my she- I know them and they know me. It's a relationship. Folks, God help people that are in dead religion. And that's all they got is creeds and, and dogma. And, and folks, it's, it's dead and it's, it's demanding and, it's, and it's, dead, it's, it's, de- it's deadly because you'll never get to heaven by good works. Uh, look at verse 18. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down to myself. Talking about Calvary. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. Uh, this commandment have I received of my Father. And then he goes on down to verse 28 or 27. Uh, it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. That's a relationship. Aren't you glad God knows you? God knows where you're at. He knows what valley you're in, what mountaintop you might be at. He knows exactly where you're at. And I love this verse 28. It says, and I give, you're in John 10 with me. John 10, okay, it says in verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life. Now, I like what Dr. Sexton always says, and I never went to school, but I was up there long enough to hear this. Use biblical terms. Eternal security is not in the Bible, but eternal life is in the Bible. And folks, the last time I checked, eternal life means eternal life. Folks, when Jesus saves you, he does a good job of it. It's called eternal life. And it says, and they shall what? Never perish. Isn't that great? All these Arminians and Church of God people that believe you can lose your salvation, they need to read John chapter 10 and realize that once you're in the sheepfold, the shepherd knows how to take care of you, even with a rod and a staff of discipline. Look at this. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one gets into the deity of Christ. But folks, he said, no man can pluck um, you out of, of the Father's hand. A preacher got up one time and said, yeah, but you can pluck yourself out of God's hand. And who would want to say amen? But I want to tell you something. When that preacher said that, an old granny came up to him and rebuked him, says, you can't pluck somebody out of a hand if you're one of the fingers. Amen. We're part of the body of Christ. Amen. And folks, we can't pluck ourselves out, out of God's hand, and nobody else can. It's eternal relationship. His relationship to his sheep is found. And let's go back to uh, chapter uh, 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know what that's saying? You don't have need of nothing if you're saved. Amen. And if you're in the will of God, and if you're following God, sanctified, thrill-filled, and satisfied with God's provisions, God's presence, God's peace, God's path, the Word of God. Folks, we ought to be satisfied people. And I want to tell you something, folks. The Bible says, I shall not want. And folks, I want to tell you something. When you get saved and you get sanctified and you get thrilled, filled, and satisfied with his presence, he's your shepherd and he's all you need. And I want to tell you this, friend. It's a sad commentary today that some people don't believe they need God. They just think they need the government and they need a handout and they need uh, entitlement and they need... uh, uh, a man and they need uh, good works and they need to be popular and folks the relationship with the shepherd is this is that there's a responsibility to the sheep folks he, the responsibility of the sheep is that he provides he pro, he's promised that he will provide Matthew chapter 6 25 through 33 the verse 33 ends with 
seek ye first the kingdom of God and all, all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. What things? All the things he talked about. Provisions of life and height and, 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 and clothing and the needs of life. God will not meet your greeds. He'll meet your needs. And if you'll, if you'll get a good dose of Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 33, it'll change your life. And folks, it says that the birds don't worry about it and the, and the, and the uh, lilies of the valleys don't worry about uh, what, what's going to fa face tomorrow or what, what they are or what they look like. God just provides. Amen. And he gives more than things. That he, th he gives you provisions from the Heavenly Father. In other words, David was saying, I belong to God and He takes good care of me. Amen. How many say God's taking good care of you? Amen. He spared your life today, the way some of y'all drive. And I'll tell you something, it's a blessing. Amen. Praise God. There was two, the two joggers up Dugat Road. Every time I come by, I see them fall on their knees and praise God. Amen. Because I'm usually uh, uh, singing or texting or studying or something. No, not really. And uh, they, they shouldn't be in the road when I'm driving. But anyway, uh, they thank God for traveling mercies, even walking up Dugat Road. And so, folks, the promises of his provision. How many times have God spared you? How many times has uh, God uh, uh, superintended your driving? I'll never forget one time I was going to see the uh, gardener. Somebody ought to go down to the nurse home and see her. And um, I remember there's a four-way stop sign that should not be there. I guarantee it shouldn't be there. And I just went right through it. And it scared me when my wife drew my attention to that. He said, did you see that four-way stop sign? I said, what four-way sign? I looked in the rearview mirror and sure enough, there was stop signs all over the place. I went right through it. God provided a, a slow day in that intersection. And, I, and, I, and I, I wanted to fall on my knees and thank God for provision. Amen. Life. How many times has God been with you in, in, in near misses and tragedies? I was, ta I was, talk I was thinking about uh, Brother uh, Mark Greer gave me a wonderful Christmas present of Brother Reed's uh, book. And I started reading that and in the uh, forward of that book is Brother Gary Lefford writes the forward and then Brother Reed introduces the book. And he, and he was talking about the time he had bypass surgery and his heart was swelling out of his body. They couldn't even close him up for two weeks. And how when he woke up, I mean, they had to seduce him into a, uh, you know, to, I mean, uh, produce a, 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 a coma where he wouldn't wake up and strain and blow his heart right out of his chest. And he woke up, he had Psalms. Uh, written in his heart, and he was quoting psalms. Folks, I want to tell you something. A psalm a day will keep, a, keep the worries away. Not an apple a day. That might help you some, some, some way, but I guarantee you a psalm a day will help you, and he has a great commentary on psalms. But I thought about all the times that God spared that man to preach. He's going to be preaching for us this year. And, uh, and, and write those books. And Brother Gary, I, I told him right before the service, and he, he stayed up all night long suffering. And he said, I'm getting ready for the service, getting ready for the watch night. This afternoon was at the, at the Burger King, and there's a guy that came in, he looked real spiritual. And I said, I know that guy. He was older than me. He was an old guy, you know, I mean, he's old, real old. And he, and he come walking in with a Georgia SEC championship black cap, G over here, SEC over here. I mean, he was rubbing it. I said, I know that guy. And that brother, uh, uh, he had another guy with him that had a big G on the, on a black sweater. I said, yeah, those guys are intelligent. I don't know who they are, but man, they're rooting for the right team. Everybody's on the bandwagon now, amen. I was at a family get-together yesterday and all my Georgia Tech relatives, 
uh, all of a sudden I saw them wearing Georgia jerseys. I said, oh, this is really good, amen. I mean, some, but then I found out the um, daughter was going to med school there, and praise God, he said, if I'm going to put my money in that school, I'm going to root for them, amen. So I said, help yourself. But, but then, then Connie said, hey, that looks like Bob Dartery. Then about that time, he walked closer and closer, and he was Bob Dartery, amen. He started speaking to us, and he said how many times that uh, God had been good to him and spared his life, and he's preaching for Brother Gary Ledford Sunday morning, Sunday night. And he said, when are y'all going to have another old-fashioned night? You said I was going to be the next preacher for old-fashioned. I said, we had not had it yet, but we're going to have it. And he's 83 years old, still outlining and preaching, and I thought, praise God, uh, they were eating a whopper and smiling while they were doing it. Amen? Because why? They were in God's will, doing God's will at 83 and wearing a Georgia Bulldog cap. Hallelujah. Amen? Praise God. You know, they were having a good day. So God provides. And then he, he promises them his past. Look at verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. As I said, he didn't compare us to wolves. He didn't compare us to lions. He didn't compare us to doves. He compared us to a sheep. And I want to tell you something. Sheep are skittish, so skittish, and so afraid that they're afraid of running water. And so this still water is when the shepherd comes and makes a trough or a guff or, or puts water in a still place or they would literally starve to death of dehydration. They'd die. And the shepherd makes the still water. Folks, aren't you glad that God stills the water for you. And I want to tell you something, friend. The promise of his provision, but there's a promise of his path. He says he maketh us to lie down in green pastures. Folks, we might not think we need green pastures, but we need this book. And we need a time of prayer. And I want to tell you something. Sometimes God drives us to our knees, and that's the best place to be if we're at his feet. Amen? Uh, folks, listen, the Gadaradian, 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 Gadaradian. Anyway, the Gadaradian maniac uh, streaking through a country graveyard. I was trying to get Espetti's name right a while ago, and I messed that up too. And um, he's streaking through a country graveyard. He's out of his mind. But once he gets saved, we see that he's sitting at the feet of Jesus in his right mind, the Bible says. I'm going to tell you something. God will give you peace when nobody else can give you peace. He can give you grace. And folks, listen, He promises His pass. Whether it's the gorge or the glens or the valleys or the mountaintop. And, and folks, listen, look at Psalms 37, verse 23 real quick. Psalms 37, verse 23. This might be a series. Um, I feel a series coming on. Hallelujah. Look at this. Psalms 37, verse 23. I have preached a series on Psalms 23. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his ways. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The word pass, uh, folks, uh, back in um, uh, um, Psalms 23, it says, he leadeth me in the pass. Uh, the Hebrew word is where we get our word orbit or circuit. Folks, what he's saying is that the Lord's leadership always leads us in a path that causes us to orbit around Him, to circulate around Him. Uh, folks, we need to realize that only God keeps us in the orbit that He wants us to be in. He keeps us on our path. And I, I just want to stop right here and say, folks, He leads us in the path of righteousness for His namesake. 
There's no greater purpose on this life than his namesake. Amen? And so, folks, he, he gives us his provision. He gives us his path. And uh, then uh, and his presence uh, he gives us. Folks, listen. Look at verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Notice he tur- tur- turns um, from the third to the first person or first to the third and says, thou art with me. He's literally talking to him in this path of death. And the rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And so folks, listen, the promise of his presence. Folks, the presence of the good shepherd with his sheep is the theme and the fabric of the Psalm 23. And verse 4 and 5 is that intimate Closeness, that proximity of the sheep to the shepherd. Amen. And I want to tell you something. You're not in good hands with Allstate. You're in good hands with the shepherd. Amen. And you're in his hand. And you're the, you're, you're the, you're the uh, apple of his eye. And you're in the hollow of his hand, as Isaiah chapter 40 says. And folks, it's a good place to be. And why in the name of, in, of sanity would anybody want to be out of the will of God in, in 2018? And live independent of God. God made you sheep. God made you with a sheep nature. You need the shepherd. He's leading. He's guiding. He's providing. He gives us provision. He gives us pass through his word, the will of God, through circumstances, through the Holy Spirit, through prayer. He reveals it all. And thank God sometimes he knocks us off our feet. We're in the valley. But he is the lily of the valley. Thank God he's the light in the valley. And folks, his presence is enough. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. What a promise. Hebrews 13, 5, you ought to memorize it. Matthew 28, 20 says, Lo, I'm with you always. Go and lo, I'm with you. I'm with you. What's he saying? No matter where the enemy is, he's a roaring lion seeking to devour. And that brings me to my uh, next point, next slide, brother. He provides us. Uh, with, uh, with, with grace, uh, and he provides us with protection. Thank God, and it's wonderful that he, that he protects us. First John, 1 Peter 5, 8 says he's a roaring lion seeking to devour. You know what he wants to devour? Your faith. That's his number one target. He wants to devour your faith. You know, when uh, Peter sinned, Jesus came to him and said, you're going to deny me. And he said, no, I won't, I won't deny you. And he said, I want to tell you something, Peter. You will deny me, but when you're converted or you get right with God, you come back to me, I want you to know I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And folks, the attack of hell in 2018 will be your faith. He'll send all kinds of things in your life to try to get you independent Baptist, to be independent from the shepherd. And then he'll get you to be bitter. And there's a lot of bitter Christians going around today because of problems and things and situations they can't handle. And folks, the devil wants to devour your faith. He wants to devour your joy. I'll tell you one thing he's after in 2018. He he wants to devour your testimony. I mean, you lose your testimony, you've lost a lot. And you know, I know some people that's raised in this church, they've lost their testimony. It breaks my heart. They're out in the world. They're seeking the things of the flesh. And folks, they're self-dependent and self-seeking and self-sufficient. They're going to be self-destroyed soon because the 
the Lord, if they're saved, is going to discipline them. And folks, discipline's not a happy time. Say amen. All you children that love to get whipped, whooped, discipline, say amen. There's not a one amen, amen, unless you really got some thick skin. But I want to tell you something. I'm going to tell you, the Lord loves you enough to scourge and chasten you because he wants to keep you in the flock. Amen? He wants to keep you in the flock. So we see uh, the restoration of the sheep in this protection. I want to tell you something. He restores our soul. How many times have you been knocked down, but the shepherd left the 99 and came after you? A grandmother's prayer, a mama's prayer, a daddy's prayer, a wife's prayer, a husband's prayer, maybe a child's prayer, hallelujah. But he came after you. The Bible says he restoreth my soul. You know, the devil wants to just totally, if he can't give you pride and get in the pastor seat and step on the gas and get you ahead of God, he wants to give you a flat tire and wants you to think you're running out of gas and never, never get any more. He wants you to blow an engine of discouragement. He uses pride and discouragement, two, two tools. If he can't get you self-sufficient, he'll get you so down, you'll think that you can't do anything and you, and you can't make it. But I love what the Bible says, he restoreth my soul. I believe the psalmist had it right when he called sheep, sheep. When he called us, sheep. Why? Because, folks, if you ever get cast down, you can't get up on your own. Let me prove it. Psalms chapter 42. One of the greatest, most encouraging chapters in the Word of God. I hope that you'll read a psalm a day while you're reading through the Bible, just for encouragement. The Bible says, As a heart panteth after water, Brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. You know what that's saying? I need God desperately. And I will say this. You're going to go through some things in 2018 that you cannot handle. And you won't know where to turn. And you won't know how to breathe. It'll, it'll knock the spiritual wind out of you. You better look for the shepherd. Pray for God to send the Holy Ghost alongside you and breathe into you some hope. And breathe into you some encouragement. Look at, the, look at verse 2. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God, when I shall come and appear before God. Look at verse 4. I once preached on seven sneezes and my wife fulfills it. Amen. Amen. When, I, when I remember these things, I poured out my soul. Am I reading that right? Yeah, I poured out my soul in me for I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. Now listen to this, verse 5. It's a beautiful picture, but it's a tragic picture. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of of his countenance. Isn't that beautiful? Can somebody say amen? Just to know God's around. That God is listening. That God is speaking. Not some audible voice. The word of God. That you see him through worship. You see him through that beautiful song, Brother Travis. That you see him through that good illustration. And 
that, that preaching on salvation. You see Him in the musicians' music. You see Him in worship. And folks, if you don't think you need to worship God, you got another thought coming. It ought to be the priority of your life. is to know God. To know Him. Why? Because if you ever leave the flock, you'll start eating too much. Amen for that, praise God. It's about diet time, I know. Hallelujah. I'm, I dread the word. It's a four-letter dirty word, D-I-E-T. But uh, listen... I mean, I don't do anything else. I might as well love eating, praise God. Amen? I've, t- I've taken up cheesecake. My son can make the best cheesecake in the world. And man, last night I said, it ain't diet time yet. I, t- I took a big old piece of it and ate it. It's about 11 o'clock. That's not wise. Had visions all night. Boy, it was great. I got some messages I can't ever share. But uh, listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me now. You'll eat too much of the world. You'll eat the flesh, the devil, the world. I mean, you'll get so bloated that you'll get cast down. The, the word cast down means that sheep literally get so bloated on weeds that they shouldn't be smoking. No, weeds that they shouldn't be eating. That too, amen. Come on, I can preach right there for a little bit. That they develop a gas. I'm not going to get to detail on this. But their, their limbs, extremities become numb. And they literally fall over. And they can't get up. And the wolves and the lions say, good, I got him right where I want him, the cast down sheep. And they're vulnerable for the prey of the devil. And they can't get up. But praise God, I like what the Lord says. He restoreth my soul. That means the shepherd leaves the 99 and he comes with the Staff that's got a little crook on the top, not for you to look like shepherds in a nativity scene, but he takes that shaft and he puts it around that sheep's neck or that lamb's neck and pulls him up to himself. And then sometimes he takes the rod out and he breaks the legs. And that little sheep's on the back of the shepherd's shoulder and when the shepherd disciplines him with the staff and the rod, guess where he's traveling? Right at the robe tail of the shepherd. He's the closest one because he's he's seen the danger of getting out of the will of God and being cast down. Oh, my soul, discouraged, can't get up, don't want to get up, and the world's kicking you while you're down. And some church members are doing it by criticizing you. We ought to be the shepherd's hand and go and pick them up and pray. I don't mean uh, condone sin. You know we don't compromise around here. But I'm saying don't kick the sinner while he's down. Love him and help him and teach him. How long did it take you to get up? Truth of the matter is, you didn't get up. The shepherd came looking for you. Say amen. And it's only by the grace of the restoring power of God that you are here tonight. God picked you up. You was cast down. You was full of gas. <laughs> and you was full, I mean, you was, you was bloated. You lost feelings. You didn't care if you was in the house of God. You could care less about God. You was in a state that the devil was going to take your life and ruin the next generation through you. But he came to you when you couldn't come to him. And that's why the psalmist said, My heart panteth 
as a heart panteth, excuse me, after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Oh, if I could just see you, God. If I could just know your presence there. Folks, don't become a cast down sheep. Let him restore your soul before you get there. That's why you better wake up because you're going to backslide privately a lot sooner than you're going to backslide publicly in 2018. You're going to stop reading your Bible and you're going to stop listening to God. You're going to stop praying a long time before you dive into deep sin. I'm going to tell you that right now. And by the way, if you will pray, watch and pray every day, you won't enter into the depths of sin because the Holy Spirit won't let you. He'll warn you. It'll be an alarm system turned on 10. You'll be sensitive to sin. But I want to tell you something. If you get out of the will of God, it'll cut the circulation off. You won't feel a thing. How many has been there done that? I have. Man, I'll tell you what. If I just could have the years back, I wasted. Pete, the years wasted. But you know something, we can't cry and whine about that. We can't look back. That's what the devil wants us to do. Make us feel disqualified with ourselves. We just need to go on and realize he's here. Hallelujah, he's here and he's enough. By restoration of the sheep in verse 3, folks, it means that uh, we need to confess our sins. And I want to tell you something. You need to admit your cast down. You need to admit your cast down. Let me just close real quick. Our time's up. But I want you to see the shepherd's provision. I love this chapter. I mean, I could, I could spend months on it. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And that provision is that he, he, through his arrangements, uh, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And then he anoints me. Look at this. And, and, and it says, thou anointest my head with oil. That's another picture that the shepherd, uh, you know, sheep sometimes butt each other's heads. They just, they, I'm telling you, we need God. I don't know why in the world churches split, splatter, and splint, and fight, and fuss, and politic. It's pathetic. The world's dying and going to hell, and churches can't stay together. Half the churches in Dalton, Georgia, started because a group got mad and left. That's right. I, when I was knocking on doors in the early days, I said, what splinter are you off of? I said, we're not a split, splatter, splinter. We're a soul-winning church. I don't know a soul in this town, so I can't argue with anybody. God sent me here to preach the gospel. They said, well, good, we might come then. Because every church we go to is some group that's mad at another group, and they start another group down the road. And folks, listen, this is sad. It's sad. But I want to tell you something, folks. When those sheep butt heads, sometimes they crack, a, crack their heads and a cyst, cyst uh, begins there and it grows and goes over the eye and they can't see. And here comes the shepherd and he anoints them with oil. Picks that shepherd up and heals them. Their hurt and their bitterness. Another tool of the devil in 2018 will be bitterness. And you need to let the oil of the Holy Spirit keep you sweet and healed in your heart. If you ever get hurt, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. If you ever get bitter, turned out it's anger, turned in it's depression. You can't even help anybody because you're so low you can't even pick nobody else up. The whole world's dying and going to hell and you're depressed. And I know it's a real thing and I know it's a battle. And I counsel a lot with that, but I want to tell you something, friend. The oil of the Holy Spirit will encourage you. 
and heal you. And then my cup runneth over. I'm just going to say this in closing. The shepherd is enough. And so through his arrangements, he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. I mean, he provides when the whole world's falling apart. Through his anointing, he anointeth my head with oil. And then he says, and my cup runneth over. That was the text verse of my mother-in-law's funeral that I preached right here. I think it was right here, wasn't it? Yeah. Because her cup always ran over. She was always giving. She was always giving to Pappy. She was giving to us. She was just a sweet, sweet lady. I love my mother-in-law. I never said a mother-in-law joke in front of her, I guarantee you. Pappy would have shot me, and she would have just said, Now, Wayne. But she was a sweet, sweet person, overflowing. And, folks, that's what God's called us to be. We're to be ones that are blessed to be a blessing. And, listen, God didn't fill you with the Spirit of God for you to feel sensational and start a TV ministry and be a millionaire. God called you to be a servant. God called you to be a soul winner. Not bloody hands, not warning the wicked, but a soul winner overflowing with the Spirit of God. And most important of all, when the Spirit of God's overflowing in your life, all you see is Jesus. And you say, the Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. No matter the world's falling apart, He's still going to put it all together. And he's going to make it work out for his glory and his goodness and his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even in death he's with me. And I'll be with him. The shepherd's provision. And then how does the shepherd please his sheep? He provides them grace. Look at verse 6. Surely goodness, that's grace, and mercy, that's not getting what we deserve, shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And he promises us glory. The disciples were falling apart in John chapter 13. They were really upset when he said, hey, I'm going to go to the cross. Read the last part of verse 13. And he looked at them and said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house were many mansions. We're not so I told you. I go to a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, and listen to this now, and receive you unto myself. Oh, Thomas, the loudmouth said, Lord, we know not whether I go, how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. I want to tell you what heaven's all about. Jesus. I want to tell you what heaven's about. We're going to be with the shepherd. I want to tell you what the heaven's all about. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. This is one of the most beautiful descriptions of death in the Bible. It says, yea, all of us are going to die. Some sooner and some later. But, or the rapture is going to take place, and I'm really looking for that, amen? I'm not looking for the undertaker, I'm looking for the upper taker. I, I, hey, I, I'm not worried about death. It's the dying I ain't looking forward to. Amen. I want to go up. But if I do die, yea, though I walk through. Notice that word through. Not in. Through. The valley of the what? 
shadow of death. Why is there a shadow on death? Because, folks, the passageway of death, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and his name is Jesus. And, folks, the light is casting a shadow. But the Bible says the shadow will be over in just a few seconds, and thou art with me. And thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Folks, I'll tell you what will make heaven so beautiful. Jesus. I want to tell you what will make heaven so wonderful. His presence. I want to tell you what will make heaven so real. Jesus. The Lord is summed up in this verse. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. That's Jehovah Rophi. Verse 1. Then Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide, I shall not want. These are all the names of the Lord. Last, last slide. And then Jehovah Shalom, verse 2, the Lord is my peace. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is my healer, verse 3. Jehovah Tishnanu, that's a Hebrew word for the Lord is my righteousness. He leads us in the path of righteousness. Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there, verse 4. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Thou preparest a table uh, before me in the presence of my enemies. He is victory. His name is victory. Jehovah, Nis, uh, Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Hebrew word, uh, verse 5, the Lord is my uh, sanctifier. He anointeth my head with oil. He makes us more like Jesus. And then Jehovah El, Sh El Shishon, the Lord most high. Surely mercy... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It starts out, the Lord is my shepherd. And then it ends with, I'll dwell with the Lord forever. Just, just, get, this, just get this down. You're the sheep. He's the shepherd. And you sure need him. In 2018, every day of your life, you ought to wake up. hope you do. Every day of the year, you ought to wake up saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful chapter. Thank you, dear God, for the word picture of us being sheep. And you're the shepherd, the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the coming shepherd. Lord, as you described in Psalms 22 and Psalms 24, Lord, you're the chief shepherd in 24. You're the good shepherd. And Lord, you're the coming shepherd. You're just a shepherd. And God, help us to be leadable. Help us to be submissive. Help us not to wander astray this year. Help us, dear God, to stay close to the shepherd. God, help us to be dependent upon Thee. Help us, God, to see the paths of Your Word every day. God, help us to be filled with Your Spirit, overflowing our cup runneth over every day. God, help us to realize that you are Jehovah Jireh. You will provide as you lead us through the green pastures, all for your name's sake. Lord, thank you that it's all about you. It's not about us. And Lord, may this year we shepherd somebody in discipleship, that we shepherd somebody that's broken down and discouraged, 
that we be the, that we could be the staff to help pick them up. That we could bring them to the house of God. We could bring them to the Word of God. That we could bring them to the prayer room. And God, that you'd restore their soul. Well, thank you for using us this year, because Lord, you are the shepherd, and we are the sheep.